1: What's up everyone? Happy Sunday fun day and welcome to truth lies shenanigans, the live streaming podcast where your favorite hosts bring you some of the most trending topics of the week. We bring them to the table for discussion and debate. And then after each topic, we ask the panel, is this truth, lies or shenanigans? And of course, we always try to have some fun with some shenanigans along the way with amazing guests, games and spirited reveals. I'm your host today, Liz E., filling in for Neo-Nix. And for today's show, we'll be joined by our spotlight guest, Cher Cherie. Cher is an actress, writer, producer, director from Hollywood, California. So she's out there doing a little bit of it all, folks. So we want you to join in and make sure you bring your questions for Cher about what life is like in the movies, and in Hollywood. And then, of course, after Cher, we're going to have our quick fire segment. And then we are going to bring you our main topic of the day. You may have heard about this young man a couple of times over the past few years. Mm. Jesse <laughs> Juicy. I don't know how we're going to pronounce his name today. But tune in and see. Stay, stay <laughs> tuned and see. But before we get to that, I want to introduce you to our actress, model, and sweetheart of the show from Atlanta, Georgia, Miss Gianni Storm.
2: Hello. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, Sunday, everybody. I hope you guys are planning your New Year's resolution. Um, are oh. we still doing that? Is that still a thing? Can we get through Santa No first? more resolutions? Can we get okay. We got to get through Santa <laughs> first.
1: That, <laughs> that, that, that depends, it depends on what, what happens to me for Christmas, what my resolution okay. is going to be. Same.
2: Um, No, I'm kidding. But I, am an early planner. I, I, I like to um, get ahead on the new year. So I'm excited. I'm excited for the last few weeks we have of this year.
1: All right. Very good. Very. We're excited for you. We're excited for you. So next up, we have our gamer tech guru and bona fide rock star coming to you live from Sudbury, Ontario. Mr. Rob B. Rob.
3: Happy Sunday, fun day, everyone. It is great to be with you all again. It's, uh, winter's definitely here in Sudbury. The weather's been a little bit weird. Uh, for example, yesterday, we had a snow, We sorry, we had a thunderstorm um, followed by oh, wow. a snowstorm. Yeah, so weather's fluxed a little bit all over the place, but it did provide us with beautiful wet snow that we were able to use for our traditional snow fort that we build around our fire pit. So I will definitely have some pictures of that during the day. And then with that beautiful orange glow with uh, the fire out, I will post that in TLS fans page uh, over the course of the week. But it's it's definitely a labor of love because that snow gets heavy.
2: I'm mm-hmm. still
1: jealous, Rob. I'm still jealous. No snow in DC. There's no snow in DC. I still have my AC on. So the temperature in my apartment right now is a good 73 degrees Fahrenheit. Trying to get that down to 69. Trying to get that wow, down to Wow, that is warm. Wow. <laughs> and that's, finally, that's we have joining us today our favorite guest host <laughs> coming out of Silver Spring, Maryland, Mr. Micah Payne. <laughs>
0: Hey, everybody. Uh, very happy to be here. Um, I guess, uh, my quick little intro banter. Um, we, uh, <laughs> my wife and I are going to have to uh, talk with my son's daycare because, uh, recently he's been coming home and referring to things as quote, big sexy. So
2: um, we have to
0: figure out who is saying big sexy going on? <laughs> and 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 tell them to stop it please <laughs> i think it's, i think it's jay i think it's jay <laughs> for context my son if, my son for context is uh, uh, will be 3 in january so they, uh, a 3 year old
2: okay happy everything
0: his classmate Moriah being big sexy it's kind of a <laughs> kind of an issue
2: <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: I mean,
1: it, it could be a wwe a reference a wrestling reference
4: maybe I, I don't know if he's a
0: big kevin nash fan i i'll have to i'll, have, I'll ask him
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you guys you're gonna hilarious. have to keep us posted keep us updated on what how you guys work through this how you guys work through yeah. this and who in the, <laughs> the classroom. Gave him the idea of Big Sexy. We really want to know where that came from. (laughs) All right. So before we head into our next segment, I just have to pose a question. And this may, you know, be a segue from our Big Sexy out there in Silver Springs. So two weeks (laughs) until Christmas, you guys. Two weeks until Christmas. Have you been naughty or nice? Have you been naughty or nice? Is Santa going to leave you a present or is it going to be brimstone underneath the Christmas tree for you. <laughs> Rob, you've been naughty or nice? Uh, I'm, I, I've
0: been... I've been I know, you got
1: Michael.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: I'm, I'm, very much, uh, I'm very much like wheat bread. I'm very boring. I'm basic. <laughs> and being boring and basic usually means you're nice. So, yeah. okay, I'm pretty
2: nice. Like you're safe.
0: Yeah, I'm safe.
2: I, I picked Micah's answer, too. I'm very boring, believe it or not. Ask my friend that I kind of have. I'm very boring, so <laughs> I've been
1: nice. <laughs> all right, Rob, what you bringing us from Sudbury. Come on, you can't be boring up there in the snow.
3: Well, I mean, it's been naughty. a pandemic era, two years. So yeah, I'm definitely a little bit boring. Yeah. But I mean, being naughty, being nice, I definitely been, have been a bit of both. But I think that the scales will show that I've done l- more good this year. So I'm fingers crossed for being gifted.
4: all right. right. All right. I think. Okay I think my go.
1: answer to the question is similar to how I feel about Thanksgiving. Each year, I'm thankful that I did not catch a case, right? And so <laughs> I measure that That's as good. to whether I'm not been naughty or nice. I didn't catch a case this year. I didn't have to pop anyone in the mouth. So <laughs> That's I think a I've been scale. nice. <laughs> I think I've been nice all year, all year. So I'm expecting some good. big gifts, lots of Chanel, lots of good vodka. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, guys, let's jump into our quick fire segment. This season, our hosts share a topic for discussion. But we only have three minutes to discuss and one minute for audience comments. So type those comments in fast. Also, don't forget, we have the dreaded mute button. And that's for you, Micah, the dreaded mute button for anyone that decides <laughs> to keep talking after time is <laughs> up. So let's do this. First up, we got Rob B. Rock. So Rob B. Rock has a story about abuse of a court. What's going on yeah. with that, Robbie?
3: So a New Hampshire woman is going to see her day in court in January of 2022. Kimberly K. Heller of age 54, was arrested and charged with abuse of a corpse. Now, the Bedford Police Department said last Friday in their news release that in October of uh, this year, officers were sent to the residence, but no one was home. And this was just a a standard safety check uh, for family members that had been concerned they hadn't heard about uh, their mom for a while. So when the police officers returned the next day, they were refused entrance to the residence and then came back with a search warrant. And that's when they found the mother's body which the autopsy determined had perished sometime in late May. So the allegations that she kept the mother's corpse hidden in her home for almost six months while collecting social security checks. So two questions, WTF, and how would you involve the police in this scenario if it presented itself in your family dynamic?
2: My God.
3: Johnny, Let's start go with for my it. I love your reaction. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay,
2: go. Okay. Um, if it happened in my family, the police Involved, who would be arrested? I'd probably fight them because I couldn't imagine if that was like my aunt or like my grandmother. That's disgusting. One, two, I feel like why would the family wait for like four months? You said they did like a Six call months. in October. Yeah, wh- is that the only sibling? Is that the only person that takes care of the, that um, mom or that, that what, was a grandmother? So yeah, those, those, I have more questions than I do. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Micah?
0: I mean, you can commit this type of fraud without keeping a dead body in the house. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, I know like that's not like really where the questions should be. Like, right. like, don't commit fraud. Right. But like, you, <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> keep the right. dead body in the house either.
2: Do you? Huh. I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, what, where was I'm confused, it? Right? So I,
1: I have questions, too. My two questions are one, how much were those Social Security checks? Because in this day and age, it's not really a lot of money, so is it really worth all of this struggle and that decomp- decomposing corpse smell in the house, right? Mm-hmm. But then
2: also, too, from, if like... it were
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, if it were me personally, it would. If I'm a family member, I would. It would depend on who the relative was to me. You know, is it is uh, it uh, a close on, or is it that yeah. cousin that you know you've been beaten down, y'all been fighting. You know, throughout your <laughs> entire life, for the to beat you up, or steal your toys, stuff like that. Then I might be like, "All right,
2: all right." Oh my
1: <laughs> but it God. does beg the question: how How did this go on for so long? And how was it? Yeah. how was there not any questions from the family? Like, why did not why didn't anyone? Or neighbors? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it had to stink. It had to be a little well, a little a- sniffy over there.
3: It, it do does you know, bring I about Rob so think? many more. Que- it does bring about so many more questions because there was so little information in the article. But I just have this vision in my mind of that scene in the movie Seven, just with all of the air fresheners hanging in the corpse room. Oh my!
1: Goodness. <laughs> I burned a lot of candles for Christmas. So all the little pine trees. That one day. <laughs> I've got a lot of candles. Hopefully, you no know, one is accusing me of having a dead corpse back in my, oh, no. my, my basement or something like yeah. That. that. Yeah, yeah, I got the a lot candles of candles. That's more a giveaway.
2: <laughs> a All right, let's to move ask on a candle. To
1: <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Um, let's move on to our next quick fire. Um, so, I want to talk to you guys about a story um, of a mom who went viral this week, right? A mom of five went viral. She posted a video boasting about the fact that with her five kids, if one of them is invited to your kid's birthday party, all five of her kids are coming. All five of her kids are coming. And so in the video, she captioned her message, when you invite one of my children to a party, you get all of us. And then in the video, she and her husband are dancing around with the kids. And then they say, don't worry. We bring awesome gifts. My question to the panel, I'm going to start because I have no children. I don't think Gianni has any children. So I'm going to start with the parents on the panel, Micah and Mr. Robbie Rock. What y'all got to say about this?
0: No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I got it. Inv- all right. You know, you, you invite the one child. OK, that's great. But like, I don't, what if my child only knows one of your children and they don't want to the, oh, like the, she has children ranging from 4 to 9. First of all, what's a 9-year-old no. going to do at a 4-year-old's birthday party?
4: 4 months. 4
0: months to month. 9. 4
4: months. 4 4 months, months to 9. Four, 4 months, months. Yeah. <laughs> months
0: to 9. No. Oh my gosh. No, man. Yeah. No. Uh, first of all, I don't wanna have to feed. I don't want to have to feed your brood, okay? Um, <laughs> and 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 secondly, um as someone pointed out here, yeah, you don't know what the financial situation is of the person holding the party. You don't like I can't imagine being invited somewhere and then just being like, Oh yeah, and I'm gonna bring like my eight cousins with me. Like that's just kinda it's just kinda weird. Plus, you know, what if what if the uh what if the, the nine year old doesn't want to hang out with the siblings, right? Like they what if they have mm-hmm. something else to do? No, this is just weird to me. This is just weird. Rock? I'm with, I'm with
3: Micah. Like I I respect that they do everything as a family, but this type of behavior is selfish and it is potentially harmful because the, she's creating an unrealistic expectation for her kids, and it's a form of emotional blackmail for the people who are hosting. Um, you don't want your kid to miss out, but you also don't want that plus four for one family. You don't want that factor. Like I, like, like uh, Micah was saying, like, can you imagine in any other social construct? Showing up at a wedding and saying, "Well, you know, I know it says plus one, but I never leave home without them. Here's my plus four
2: We'll <laughs> take chicken or
3: we'll take chicken or fish, circle one uh, it's just not right and people if I was a single parent, um I was a student, I was an employee, I was on a very strict budget. I would have to turn away someone like this and their brood. I don't care if you gift well, and that's it. If it's a birthday for nine year olds well Who's gonna to want to hang out with little kid? It's just now It's an extra layer of complexity that doesn't need to be.
2: Yanni, I don't know because I think um, the the first the the mother that went viral actually made a good point when she said that it could be a cultural kind of clash between the viewers and her because she said in traditional in a traditional yeah Liz she said in a traditional Haitian household that she's used to and she's accustomed to things accustomed to things being like a collective and people going. As a family to places. So I can kind of see that. I see that in some cultures, but me, I would want to invite the the one child because I, Micah make a good, made a good point that I would use is what if my child doesn't know all the other kids and it's just kind of like awkward and there's, I don't know. It's just, it just makes for kind of a weird social thing, but I can get her point. Like she's used to people going as a family. So I get it. I get it.
1: I don't get it. Um, one, and I might get, you know, a lot of hate mail for saying this, but, you know, she's from Haiti or comes from a Haitian background. But this is not Haiti. OK. And so unless, you know, this is an all Haitian party, the rest of the invitees are not going to be used to this type of all in, mm-hmm. if you will. And as someone who used to have tons of slumber parties when I was younger, one of my friends had a younger sister who was five years younger than us. So when we were 12 i had a you know summer party her sister had not yet even turned seven she was still six and her mother made her come and we're trying to call boys we're trying to do 12 year old mm. girly stuff and then there's the six-year-old who wants to watch cartoons what oh, no 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 it's just yeah. like you need to teach your children you know this is not a everyone gets a trophy society there are certain things that you will be invited to and certain things where you're not invited to. And that's normal. That's normal behavior. Normal behavior. That's, uh, Rob, did we have we any have a comments? Comment,
3: well, we do have a comment online from Jacqueline Robinsons, who says, um, no, boo, people do not learn
1: social <laughs> etiquette
3: anymore. Uh, if it was intended for all of your children to attend the party, they would have all been invited. Period.
2: <laughs> period. You yeah, yeah, have to add that. <laughs> period.
1: With a DT period. at the end. Period. Yes.
3: Period. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So
0: what do we call this
1: all Oh, I forgot. What do we call this? Oh, yeah. We know what we call this. Uh, this is the obvious. This is the obvious. That's a shenanigan.
0: Oh and again, my if God, I had that's cool beautiful.
1: Nice. And if I had my I keep forgetting to make my bullshit sign, but if I had my bullshit sign, it would definitely be on yeah, that you need to get realm back. as well. I'll have it by Christmas. I'll have it by Christmas for sure. All right. Just, so let's circle so I, back. I know how please.
3: about on our how about on our body story? Are we where do we stand on that one?
1: Oh, oh yeah just weird also that's just weird right, And some lies and
3: some
1: change. lies, too. Mm-hmm. lies
3: and
1: again i want to know how much those checks are i want to know how much I those checks are because social security ain't paying what it used to folks it's not paying what it used to <laughs> okay let's go to our final quick fire of the day from micah so micah wants to talk about Age and how old you should be to do certain things. X, Y, Z, come through, Micah, come through.
0: So I, I, I want everyone to try their best to ignore the messenger and just kind of focus on what he <laughs> tweeted. <laughs> Elon Musk recently suggested that anyone over the age of seventy should be barred from running for political office. I mean, I don't want to get too deep into it. Elon Musk has his own like issues or whatever. With certain people, uh, most recently with Bernie Sanders, but besides that, should there be an a an upper age limit to running for office? There's a lower age limit for applying for office, right? You you can't be 32 and run for president, right? You have to be 35. But should there be an upper limit for people who want to run? Uh, our president now is what 70.
1: Eight?
0: Seventy-nine. He's seventy-nine. Seventy-nine. He's seventy-nine. And
1: Bernie Sanders. Wow. If Bernie Sanders had won, he would That's be a, eighty. He's eighty now. Eighty.
0: Right. And with age comes experience, but at the same time, you know, I, I feel like once people reach a certain age, they tend to their outlook on things tends to change. People tend to not want to accept uh, newer things. Uh, the judge in the Rittenhouse case was 75 years old and threw out evidence because he thought that pinch and zooming on an iPad was tampering with evidence. And a younger person <laughs> would understand that, right? Right. But like a younger person would understand what that is. Um, there, there's, there's, a, there's, there's. So, what do you, what do you all think about an age limit to running for office? If you're already at the age while you're in office. Stay there until your term's over. But what do you think about running for office? Should there be an age limit? Yes or no. And what would that limit be?
1: Let's be quick, guys, because we're running out of time. Let's be quick.
2: Um, at first glance, I was... Jenny? Uh, uh, oh, sorry. Really quick. Cause my, at first glance, I was thinking this was ageist. And I was like, well, that's rude. You know what I mean? We can't tell everybody's story. And But as I saw just kind of the examples, as I did my research, there are... It's true. There's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of... Um responsibility that comes with holding office, so, and I think at that age you do start to some start to deteriorate, deteriorate um mentally and their health, so yeah, I can understand why there should be a cat so I'm for mm-hmm. it
3: Rob um, let's face facts our our bodies change as we mature, and in our sixties, our brains actually begin to shrink, and with increased age, we see a lot less uh, we see cells dying off in our brain in critical areas of the human brain, the human brain that affect our ability to recall information and learn new things. So I think that putting an age cap is something that is valid. Um, these people can still absolutely hold a role in government as far as being advisors, uh, sitting on committees, because I also value the wisdom and experience that they bring to the table.
1: So Rob, very quickly, Rob was very nice um, in how he assessed that. My you know, <laughs> idea is that I've thought of this for years. I've been saying that there needs to be a cap. Um, with age comes senility, the ability to be senile. Also with age comes a huge generation gap in a lot of instances. So I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I think no older than 65, 65 should be the cap for when you are running for office the first time. And maybe even, you know, running again, maybe even or like the Supreme Court as well. Okay. Any any political position, any political position. And for the Supreme Court, you're nominated, you don't run. So that's completely different. Um, but for running for a political position here, 65, 65, Michael. Mm-hmm. What are people say? Are people saying something about this, Rob? On Facebook? Uh, let's see what we
3: got here. Let's see. We've got <laughs> Antonio is saying Bernie has his wits about him still, though. Mike Winter no, says he doesn't. there's sh- There should be a civics test asking akin to the citizenship test and there should be cognitive tests annually. Not a bad suggestion. Uh, Chuck Grassley is about to run for re-election and he is Methuselah. Again, from our friend. (laughs) (laughs) I got some stuff to say about this in the after show. I really do.
1: Yeah, I think this might be our after show (laughs) topic, especially, you know, given um, Neo Nix's comment. I think this might be our after show topic. All right. So finally, guys. Is this truth, lies, or shenanigans? There, there's
3: some truth to his words.
1: True, true, true. All right, all right. Good topics, good topics, guys. Good, good discussions, guys. Thank you so much. So we are about to end our quick fire segment. Johnny, well, who sponsored us this evening for QuickFire?
2: Okay, so today's Quick Fire was brought to you by Rude Life88. Support small businesses in your area. Shout out to the Rude Life clothing brand for sending a Rude Life hoodie. Visit RudeLife88.com for a quality, comfortable feel and streetwear style. Thank
1: you. Thank you, Gianni. And again, if you guys want to discuss these topics more, go to TLSFans.com. Tune in to our after show. All right. So now it's time for our guest spotlight. Today, we are joined by Cher Cherie. <laughs> Ms. Cher Cherie. Cher is an award-winning actress, producer, director, and writer from Hollywood, California. And she is going to share with us the tricks of her trade, how she got <laughs> to be where she is in Hollywood, California, how she's navigated the Hollywood scene, and how she gets some of her ideas for the shows and the writing projects that she's worked on. For everyone, again, please say hello to Miss Cher Cherie. Hi, Cher. Hey, Hey,
4: everyone. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Thank Thank you for joining us today. So, Did we miss anything with your intro? No, you guys got it all right. I act, I write, I direct, I... You know, try to do everything like I'm a very creative person. I like to try different fields, try different ideas, and even little things spark ideas. I always tell people, write it down, talk about it, tell other people. You never know what communication is going to bring. You sound like me, Cher, because I'm
1: a journalist, but I'm also a professor. And so I tell my students, my journalism students all the time, there's a story in everything. There's a story in everything you see. Write it down. Write it down. So before we get into our Q&A segment with
4: our panel, Cher, why don't you tell us one thing that we cannot Google about you? Okay. So the funny thing about me, even though I've spent my whole life acting, whole life doing everything. I kind of wish I was a paleontologist. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) I. Wow. Old, like, you know, there's a lot of fossils and there's a lot of things that are interesting. And even like when you go out for a walk or hiking, the ground, like touch the mountainside, see what happens. Like that's a big secret about me that I really don't talk to a lot of people like online or anything about, but. If you were to go hiking with oh, cool. me, oh, we'd have a field day. We'd be talking and like trying to figure out oh. all the different things that may have been before us. Wow. Nice, very That's interesting. definitely something that we wouldn't be able to look at you and say, paleontologist. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I think. So I took a geology class, um, actually two geology classes in undergrad. And it was kind of the same thing. It was something that I had never thought about before. But then once I got into the exploration, it was fascinating to me. Fascinating. And as a part of that class, we read a lot of Michael Crichton books, um, all of the Jurassic mm-hmm. Park books, and then did a lot of the science books. It was fascinating. Fascinating. So I feel you on that. I feel you on that.
4: Yeah, so, it's so for- cool. For- I'll, like, pick up a rock and tell somebody... Look, I got you a gift that's like over a million years old. They're like, "What? What is it?" I hand them a rock, Listen, and they're like, well, when I go, "This is a rock." And I'm like, "No, you don't understand. This has been here for a long, long time. You it's know? history." Listen, right. when I go, it's it's, I went to undergrad.
1: I went to undergrad in Colorado, and so there's a place there called Red Rocks. It's a very, very mm-hmm. picturesque um, concert venue. And so every time I'm around Red Rocks or places like that, I'm like, "Arcosic sandstone." Arcosic sandstone.
4: <laughs> Granted.
1: Exactly. Granted. Yes. So yeah. I, yeah, I get what you're saying. I fascinating. You're
2: saying. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, very fascinating. So in terms of your career as um, someone in Hollywood, with movies, a writer, how did that come about? How did you get started with that?
4: Um, I happened to be working on Melrose as a young person, late teens, and I got discovered in a sense, like, They were filming for like Motley Crue videos and they were filming for all kinds of things. So, you know, people always would come to you then and be like, Oh, do you want to be in this? Do you want to be in that? And you had to be cautious. You know, you didn't know you don't want to run into a stranger and they take you to a secret location to film. And then it turns into your real life horror story. You know, you, so I happened to get lucky in that. And, um, my best friend and business partner, Chris Morrissey, you know, we're the same age, like we're filming, we're goofing around. We're like, Hey, got, you know, got a camcorder, got a new camera. And he's also grown up in Hollywood. So like, let's film something. Let's scream was popular at the time. Let's film like a spoof on screen. So we did. And it ended up getting picked up by the Lama Lake theater, which is an art theater and becoming mm. the midnight show for like six weeks. And <laughs> People were going and oh. you know, we were getting write-ups in the LA Weekly and you know, we were just like, whoa, oh. what's happening? You know, but it's it's just you're in the environment, you know, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, you know? So we mm-hmm. kind of just went with that flow. Yeah. And so what would you say is like your genre of choice
1: for either writing or yeah. um types of films you like to appear in? What's what's your genre? What's your thing?
4: Um horror because the horror community really, really loves <laughs> their movies. They love their even their B-style movies. They love their people. They get behind it. It's fun. It dives into some of our fears. It dives into like different things. Like I recently wrote a movie called Hollywood Baby Doll, and I cast my my daughter in it. And it is a story of a young girl who's very just given everything in life. Like great. American life, but she's so bored. She takes on a YouTube challenge and becomes a serial killer in the process. Oh, good. Lord. So she's ways yes. with her <laughs> like little camcorder to film wow. it to herself. Like, look at me next to the, the body that she's just killed, you know? So, so bored oh. and putting it up on YouTube for fame, you know? So mm-hmm. it's really, you, you see a lot in this town, things people will go through for fame and. You can't lose yourself in that. You have to remember we're all humble. We're all one, you know, and bring your people with you and work together. And like I said, communicate and talk and think. The think tank is amazing. You know, you you just find different ways. I love it. I
1: love it. I love it. So I'm going to kick it to our panel. Um, very quickly. So let's start with Micah. So Micah um, is a recurring guest on our show. He hosts a podcast called Black on Black Cinema. So he knows a little bit of something, something, something about movies. So Micah, what do you have for Miss <laughs> Chair?
0: They're, they're being very, they're being very generous. I'm just an enthusiast. <laughs> I, I really love movies. And, uh, I always, I always find the process of making movies very interesting and you you seem to do it all um how uh, how difficult is it to to act in direct and write your own production and do you have any like do you have any advice for anyone aspiring to get into uh the the the, the business aside from just you know pick up a camera and start shooting yeah right?
4: yeah i mean believe in yourself and the whole path does not need to be clear to take your first step just take that step if it is just film yourself we, we live in an age now where we have our camera right here in front of our face film something put it up on YouTube put it up on your story if you're a comedian just do your spiel make someone laugh see where it's at but you don't <laughs> have to know the start to the end to get started you simply have to just start and if it's writing Jot down a sentence. You don't need the whole book. You don't need the whole script. What, you know, when I wrote my my um, Hollywood baby doll, I was in traffic and I was like, someone cut me off, and I was like, what if I, what if I was a serial killer and I followed them home for cutting off? And they happened to have a bunch of stuff. It's one of those cars that had a bunch of stuffed animals in the back. There. I'm going after them for just the stuffed animal reason alone. (laughs) You know? What is that? You know? So in my head, I'm sitting behind this in traffic. And I'm thinking this out. And it really was one paragraph. So you know what I said? Let me bust out my phone. And I did the audio to text. I put it on, like, the email. And I sent it to myself. So when I got home later, I was like, okay, let's elaborate further. So it's just that first step. It's that simple.
0: Oh, I love it! That's such a I love the
4: inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> Those stuffed animal people are annoying. Yes.
1: Gianni, what you got for share? Gianni, what you got? Okay, for Okay, Cher? share. Cher.
2: So I saw um, in an interview that you said you're an athlete, marathon runner as well. Um, how has your athleticism helped your
4: creative
2: creativity?
4: It helps so much. First of all, um, it takes me six and a half hours to run a marathon. So that's a lot of time in thinking. That's a lot of time in training. It takes about nine months to train. I train year round. Um, but when we're doing our bigger distance, you have a lot of time that you need to think. So not only that, the structure and the endurance ability, it has to be focused. It has to be this is what time we do this. And that's that. Like I have to be there at six o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning. That means that I'm not staying out late on Friday night. I'm home. I'm doing stuff, you know? So it, that if I could get young people even interested in that, the dedication and the mindset that it takes just will send you soaring through life and keep you positive and make you meet great people. Yeah. Thank you cool. for sharing that. Bobby. Cool. Yeah.
3: It's amazing. Nice. So while doing a little bit of research, I came across a cool short video that was about maybe 90 seconds long featuring the lenses of Stanley Kubrick. So oh,
4: yeah. If you yeah, no. tell me about his
3: Yeah. So I mean, this is someone who clearly has influenced you. So I'm curious about his influence on you as an actor, producer, director, writer.
4: I mean, he's just such a cool guy. His cinematography. We'll focus on like a color, like a red background and then everything else will be set. Like, you know, and just going to his exhibit, it was at the LACMA Museum. I literally was in there for hours just following up and watching and seeing the different things. And his ideas, it's just a genius, that guy. Yeah, him, <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock, you know, anyone that <laughs> kind of makes you think. Like, I don't want to yeah. see horror You're where someone's my language. guts are getting pulled out. Yeah, I want to think, it's I want to be scared, I want to be, yeah, so that's kind of why I gravitate towards those, like, wise people who make a person eye candy, thought, you know, those are the kind of things that really inspire me. Nice. Okay, so favorite I Stanley
1: a- Kubrick movie. Very quick, Brock. Um, definitely King The
4: Shining. Yes. The Shining, definitely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My kids are scared. My kid is- I really <laughs> want to go to that hotel. In Estes Park, I really, oh, really no. want to that Hotel. I've been, <laughs> I've been to that hotel. Oh, I went to nice! Really?
1: University. I went to undergrad at the University of Colorado. I've been. I, we used to drive to Estes Park on the weekends all the time because um, the view is amazing. The um, park is amazing. You can see actual elk. Elk can. Elk will walk oh. up to your car in Rocky Mountain National mm. Park. Um, oh, nice. So yeah, but we've been to the hotel So it's amazing, it's amazing And Stephen King is one of my favorite writers And that is my yeah. favorite Stanley Kubrick movie By far, by far awesome. Rob? We do, awesome.
3: we do have a quick question from the audience um, So Neo is asking Share if you took improv lessons Or if your acting ability Came about naturally
4: mm, um, I mean, I, I took Theater in high school But it mostly like came about Naturally filmmaking too, like you would think that I would go to filmmaking school, but it wasn't necessary. Like, all I needed was a camera. All I needed was some lights, a microphone. Like, I'm going to run my test and see how it sounds. If it didn't sound good or the lighting didn't look good, we're going to do it again. It's not going to take a lot of time to film a five-minute thing. You're going to know what your ability is after that. You know, then you work okay. on that and get around like-minded people. And you're never going to make... A movie all by yourself. You need people, you know, and that's when the ideas come flowing in, or so and so may know better about lighting and production, or this one may know better about editing. I'll sit there in the editing room and I'm not great at editing. Like I can, I can help it. So does from the, the refrigerator and make me a sandwich. <laughs> I'm, I'm more than happy to man the barbecue, you know, while all this is going on. I like to be in the process of it, you know, and, and yeah. it help.
1: I have one more quick question, just, just talking about your future um, YouTube project about Haunted LA. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about
4: that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's my favorite thing. I was just up at the Hollywood sign um, this morning Given the whole group of friends that I went with, the, the story about Peggy Entwistle who jumped off the H back in the late 30s. And mm-hmm. I know a lot about LA and I'm fancy myself as a historian. So mm-hmm. I want to do little 20, 30 minute segments on different things, like Fatty Arkbuckle story. Not many people remember him. He was biggest mm-hmm. film in the silent era, you know, biggest star in the mm-hmm. silent era. His career ended because he pretty much raped a girl, a 14 or 15-year-old girl. So what's that story? Or the Black Dahlia, which was a young girl yeah. who in the 40s yeah. who wanted to be a big star. I go by walking by where her where she was murdered. There's house there now. There's not even a plaque. I wonder if those people even know what happened mm-hmm. in their lot. So those are the kind of stories that I wanna um focus on and do, and even take suggestions from like the audience. What do you want to see? Like, I've made a list of things that I thought were cool. Or, like, I live down the street from the Nightmare on Elm Street house. It's another place that I love to go and, like, yeah. show people. And it still Very looks the true. same. It's scary as hell. It's scary as hell. The street's called Genesis, <laughs> have not Elm. But holy God, people are like, oh my God. You know, like, it's, yeah. it's, it's cool. I had a the
1: girly, girly Lizzie had a that. Freddy Krueger poster on her door <laughs> growing up. Nice. Like, how much I love the yeah. horror genre. And I would say, like, even to add to those ideas, like, maybe even, you know, something about the creepy side, the creepy personal side of Alfred Absolutely. Hitchcock. Because even though I think, he, you know, he is an actual genius when it comes to cinema and storytelling, there's yeah, another so side so. of Alfred Hitchcock.
4: Paramount um, Pictures so, is walking distance from my house where he had okay. his office and he was writing all that. So the thing that I want to do is be able to go film in front of that place, come back, do like a talk show, you know, and get that going so people could see the actual spot. And maybe when they come to L.A., they go there themselves, do selfies, be like, hey, Alfred, That's you true. know, like having a good time. <laughs>
2: That's true. Nice. That's a really nice. good idea. I love that idea.
4: So very. We do have you a, a question
1: from the questions? audience. Oh, sorry. Go right ahead, Rob. Question from the audience. Yeah,
3: so from Olivia. Uh, Olivia says that she loves scary movies, mm. but big box office disappoints almost always. So she's asking if there are any filmmakers that we should check out for good scare.
4: Good question. I mean, I would say go on Film Independent, which is a lot. It's a website. They host a lot of free like things you can watch. And you're going to see people who are normal young filmmakers inspirational cool people who want to get out there and and you find what you want to see there's great movies out there to be watched and i agree with you no one wants to see like spider-man 100 you know like we get tired (laughs) so Mm -hmm. there's but the big studios they want to make money and that's why they do that
1: or Mm -hmm. you know know the audience is going to come Fast and Furious 100, because I think we're getting another oh, Fast right. and Absolutely. Furious sometime in the future. Absolutely. We want that to be obsolete. So finally, Cher, do so, you have any parting thoughts? Oh, no. Micah has a question. Go, oh, Micah.
0: No, I'm just curious about your opinion on modern horror movies. Uh, they run the gamut <laughs> of, like, you know, right. uh, <laughs> bloody, disgusting, like, like, like I'm gonna pull out your entrails and jump, you know, do a I
4: don't like that. There. I don't want to see somebody's guts pulled out. I want to see. Are
0: there any I modern? Are there any more modern horror movies that you would that you would recommend? Like maybe, um, like I, I don't. I remember the American adaptations of like Japanese horror films were uh, something new and novel good. at the time. Um, are you? Uh, do you or do you prefer? like psychological horror like like you said the shining or or like what movies would you recommend
4: uh, i mean i uh, liked all the annabelle's and the conjuring i like movies about mm-hmm. like dolls horror houses scary things like that the ring. i don't yeah, like normal. yeah the ring that kind of stuff i don't like guts being pulled out i don't want to see that it's or torture, it's torture horror it torture, i
1: don't want to see that not you know? yeah that's That's easy. That's the easy. What
2: about the, what about the like possession? I know that's probably the same as paranormal, but like possession, like the haunting of Emily Rose and those type of.
4: Yeah. All that. It's cool. Like I just want to see something different. Don't show me something that I've seen 100 times. I'll shut it off and go (laughs) on about something else. I want new things. And that's why I say film independent is a great place to go find like cool things, like different ideas. I don't want to see the same thing over and over again. It's boring to me. Yeah. Very quickly. So That's a good brilliant.
1: initial independent film, the Blair Witch Project, was initially yes. an independent film. It wasn't a big budget film, and it was. I thought it was great, but then they had to make a sequel. Mm. Then they had to make another That's the iteration. Thing. And it, it ruined it. It ruined it. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
4: Honey,
1: same with it paranormal made money. activity. Same with paranormal. Yeah. Like para- the first oh, yeah. paranormal, I was I like, remember. oh shit.
4: And then now we're on like what number? <laughs> like it it, it, it exactly. it's it's exactly crazy. Yeah. The uh, yeah. you know, the makes money and then they want to stand behind that. That's what you know. Then they pump lots of money into you for um gotcha. promotion, and they pump lots of money for that. So that's why even a filmmaker gets trapped. A person needs to make money. This this yeah. is an art that takes a lot to do. But he, trying to keep the real thing, I think, is what's very important for artists to keep in mind. Like, you got to work at this hard, you got to keep at it because they're not going to say, you know, well, I hear a lot of people, I'm going to write a script. And if the studio doesn't immediately give me $100,000, then that's it. Out well, then I tell them, you know what, that's a drought because they're not going to give you a hundred thousand dollars. You need to show them what it is that you can do, you need to toot your own horn loudest, and that's what Alfred Hitchcock he tooted his horn so loud, psycho, that he literally bought up all the copies of the book of, of you know his story and then made it like a news report. So people were like, oh, geez, what's this? Oh my god, next thing you know, he's got a successful. Film. so wow. tying it all back in you got to be your biggest cheerleader you got to be working for your art and yet you need to think of it as is your art and it is a lifelong mission, no matter when you start yes mm-hmm.
1: all right so that's all the time we have for today for the main spotlight segment um Share is going to join us in the after show, so if you guys come to the after show and have questions, we'll be able to further discuss Hollywood and the process in the after show. Share, thank you so much for joining us. It was great talking to you. Thank I'm you. so happy to hear that you are another horror movie horror film buff. So we'll see you in a few. So we'll see you in a few. Out. All right, thank you, thank you. Thank you guys. Great energy, great discussion, guys. So we went a little bit over in our time, but we, you know, we can still talk. We can still talk. So we still have one more topic of the day. And this was a very trending topic this week. So Gianni is going to tell us about Jessie Smollett or Juicy Juicy Smollier. Juicy Smollier. <laughs> what, what, what Juicy we got?
0: Smollier.
1: oh The French accent. You and Rob can give us the French version of it. <laughs> <laughs> so what we got, Gianni?
2: What's the what what happened? Okay. This yes. We've been waiting so Liz, three years for this. We've been waiting days. three years for this. It has been since twenty nineteen, you're right. So after two days of deliberating, a verdict has finally been reached in the case actor against actor Jesse Scoleb. He was found guilty on five counts of felony disorderly conduct. He was acquitted on one count of felony disorderly conduct and was facing six felonies for disorderly conduct and making a false police report. Uh prosecutors claimed he staged an anti-gay racist attack on himself in January twenty nineteen. And since then he's become he has been maintaining his innocence. The prosecutors claim Jesse actually paid the Osandalto Dalto brothers to fake beat him up, but the defense says the men really did attack him while acknowledging Jesse knew the brothers and had a sexual relationship with one of them. So everybody, what are your thoughts? Do you believe Jesse is guilty of what? And also, why was this case such a big deal?
0: I uh, I saw a, a meme on Facebook. So, I saw a meme on Facebook. Someone said uh, Jesse Smollett, the only American to scam a couple of Nigerians. <laughs> I saw
3: that,
0: <laughs> I saw that <laughs> um, Look, you know, I I I don't believe that the attack happened. Um, but, you know, that's just me. I, I, I'm not surprised <laughs> that he has been found guilty. Um, I, I can't remember what the, what the sentence was. No sentence yet. yet. Yeah,
1: no I'd be I'm yes.
0: very curious. I'm very curious to see what the sentencing would be. Um, and, you know, I can't help but to think, you know, he was found guilty of, of faking an attack on himself, meanwhile, you know, a couple of other high profile cases that were in the news, one kid actually killed two people and found not guilty. Mm-hmm. It just it's just, you know, it's like it's like what our senators say, they should go, hmm, you know, but
1: things that make you go, know? hmm.
0: Yeah, but look, you shouldn't but that's not that's not the point of this. The point of this is that this guy, um it, this is you can't do this. You can't do this, and and as a double minority, he should know better. Um, mm. You can't you can't go around making these kind of claims, and then they be false. Because guess what? You represent you represent in the eyes of people who don't know any better. You represent all black people, and you represent all gay people. And 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 it's just it's 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 something that. That bigots will point and say, "Well, Jussie Molier it was his attack was fake. So why? Why should I believe you?"
2: That's
1: what Dave Chappelle said. Rob, How about you, Liz? what
2: you got?
1: Oh, hey, Rob. Well, let, let Rob go so, first because you know I'm gonna be long winded.
2: So I,
3: I do believe that the attack took place because a doctor did testify that he sustained injuries. Now, whether or not that attack was staged is well, I mean. The jury came to a verdict, um, but yeah, in my opinion, staging a fake hate crime is about as low as you can get because it makes it so much more difficult for real victims of hate crimes to come forward after something like this. It um, it's very disheartening to see that kind of behavior. I, according to what I've read it definitely seems like he is guilty of what's happening because the only defense that he has, like they poked holes through his entire story, and the only thing he had was to point back and say, well, no, these two guys are lying. These two guys are lying. (laughs) So it's turned into a he said, he said kind of thing, but yeah, it's just a shitty thing all around. And even from the get-go, the the story just seemed weird. So now to see this in the denouement doesn't really surprise me.
1: I think, you know, if this was just your regular juicy on the street, you know, from around the way, it would not I wouldn't be as outraged. But here is a young man who had a platform, who is a celebrity, who is a public figure, who at the time this happened was on a very popular show. So he, you know, made a difference. People looked to him for advice. They looked to him for representation for a lot of things and i just didn't appreciate the fact that and i do believe that he lied about this that there wasn't a staged attack isn't an attack you know it's it's an act in a play if you will and you know these were guys that he knew he got on the stand and admitted that he had a physical rela- a physical intimate relationship with one of these guys um and i'm just like for what For what? The wasted resources, the wasted emotion, you know, it it just made absolutely no sense. And he had time to come back from this because, like Gianni said, this initially happened three years ago. He had time to do a mea culpa and come back from this and apologize and beg for forgiveness. Instead of that, he got on TV talking about he was the gay Tupac. And he was a martyr and all of these other things. And it's just like, no, no, no. So now I am going to say, you know, you need to be charged and arrested. And in terms of like, you know, uh, what happens to other people for more serious charges? I mean, this is a different state. This is in Chicago, Illinois, not in Kenosha, not in any other... This was in Chicago, Illinois, and they tried their best because initially they didn't want to take this to trial, but he kept on keeping on. And so they were like, okay, we're going to do this. And so it, there was just no point. I, I I don't understand what his end game was for this. And, you know, I, I get that his family, because he, he comes from a huge family, um, a very talented family, very beautiful family. They're backing him. That's fine. But on the flip side, I'm punching my brother in the throat behind the scenes like you know this is some bullshit you know this is some bullshit so just just come like there have been worse characters in the history of man who have done wrong and who have made an apology and have come back and been very successful now he's facing possible jail time he could be bankrupt from fines and from paying lawyer like this was not the way to go this was not the way to go At all. And it it put a a very, very negative mark on the LGBTQ community because, you know, like Micah said, no one's going to believe now. No one's going to believe a story now. And these were the two young men, the two brothers that were involved. You know, Jesse initially said that he was attacked by two white guys in in MAGA caps. No, it was these two motherfuckers. It was these two guys that he knew. But he knew it just it was just way too much. It, it
2: was way too much,
1: way too much. I
2: feel um, in Jesse's defense, I feel that maybe to stay based or to try to gain some of his reputation back. Maybe that's why he kept prolonging the trial and trying to reclaim his innocence, because um, I, I, I think he mentioned it says uh, law enforcement were trying to sell an agenda. By only highlighting certain aspects of the case to paint a picture, um, which we already know, like not law enforcement, but the media does. But it was like they were claiming him to not be a victim of anything at all. I don't know if Rob said it or or Micah, but I don't think he is. I think he's a victim of something. I just don't know what it is because it's all all of this. He's is a victim with weirdness and lies. He's a victim of himself.
1: I was gonna Rob to get out of. I was gonna say it. He's a victim <laughs> of himself. He's a victim of himself. No one else conjured this up. He's a victim of himself. And I, and again, I don't mm-hmm. know why. Like, he was on it. but Like, was this, was he trying to jockey for more money on his
2: show? You know, He was, was this making he a lot money. of money at the time. And his job and but Empire, because that was one of the claims. And Empire even said that that they weren't, he wasn't vouching for any more money.
1: But then, so, but then that just, you know, that just goes to an even warped mind. Like, what were you thinking? what were, what was that, agenda the agenda here
3: that's funny because jacqueline robinson in the uh, in our audience feedback says we were rooting, we're rooting for, you. for you juicy what in the world were you thinking uh, mike winter says i still don't understand why he ruined his upcoming music tour that he had decent ticket sales Nobody uh, do shaking that. my head so olivia says say. you don't represent me <laughs> Daria Winter says he seems to have some issues uh, that need to be addressed with much counseling. And then he was asking about
1: sentencing. And and we would hope that, you know, the family, they're standing behind him throughout all of this, which they should, but are we addressing these other issues that may be at play here? So we can talk about this more in the after show. Excuse me, looks like we're going to have a very meaty after show today. Um, (laughs) But what do you guys think about this? Is this truth, lies, or shenanigans? Oh, child, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar.
2: I mean, there has to be a lot li- of truth somewhere.
1: The truth is that he was a liar. That's the truth. That he was lying.
4: Look, I, I, he was lying.
2: I, I, hope,
0: I hope the truth that, is, is, is a reveal. I hope that his sentencing is appropriate. I I hope that this yeah. dude gets you know whatever hell. I'm not saying this guy you know. I, I'm not saying he needs to be to have the book thrown at him, uh, but at the same time, like. The sentence should be appropriate. Like you need to be, you need to be taught not to do this again,
3: <laughs> and others need to celebrity. be taught by your example not to do that. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Especially with your celebrity. So again, we're going to talk about this. Maybe talk about this a little bit more in the after show, guys. Thank you so much for your spirited discussion. We are about to head into the Truth Lies Shenanigans game show, where when a certain host is here. There's always a propensity for cheating. So we'll see how it goes with Liz E. with Liz E.
2: driving the bus. Gianni, who is the game show brought to us by this week? Okay. So the actually, the ad this week is from us, TLS. Get your loved ones gifts that they will need this holiday, such as a massage gun, an air purifier, a candle set, and much more. You can do your last minute shopping online using our Amazon shopping link or in the qr code on the ad banner
1: all right
2: so we're about to head into our tls shenanigans the game show
1: in the spirit of our guest Cher Cherie and our guest host micah from black on black cinema we are doing christmas movie trivia Christmas movie trivia. So we know how this goes. A, a question is asked, a question is posed to each one of our panel of guests. They try to get it right or they could get it wrong. And so the winner at the end of the segment will give our potting parting shot at the end of the show. So let's start with the first question. And I have nothing to do with these questions, by the way, so don't be pointing the finger at me, but I won't cheat. I won't cheat. <laughs> so, the first one. Let's go to Micah. He's our expert here. Is this the question? Yes. The Polar Express became a huge holiday favorite in the mid-2000s. Star Tom Hanks worked overtime playing multiple roles. But how many characters did he play, Micah?
0: I've never seen uh, the Polar Express. Um, it's not Die Hard. I'm, I'm probably not going to watch it at Christmas time. I would say, I would say <laughs> six.
2: One, Micah? Correct, <laughs> my
1: Correct. A good Christmas guest, my brother. All right, no. all right. Let's go let's go to Miss Gianni Storm. Around the same time as Polar Express, Wolf Farrell won our hearts as the super festive buddy in the film Elf. Buddy found, finds out that he was adopted by Santa and sets out to find his real father in the NYC. Which iconic building does his real
2: dad work in? I think Empire the State. Empire State Building. Yeah. I
1: wasn't giving her a clue. I was about to read the answers to her Empire State, Statue of Liberty, or Bloomingdale's. Which is it? A,
2: Empire State
1: Building. Correcto. Good for you. So you and Mike are a tithe. You and Mike are a tithe. All right. All right. So let's go to Rob I B. just off. watched this
3: last week. I just <laughs> watched this Uh-oh. last Uh-oh. week.
1: Uh oh. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger faced his toughest opponent yet Christmas shopping season. In the comedy Jingle All the Way, what was the name of the trendy toy his son desperately wanted?
3: Turbo Man.
0: Turbo Man. (laughs) All
1: right. Hi. All right. So we have a three way tie, (laughs) y'all. Very good, very good. So let's go back to Mr. Micah. One comedy definitely not for the whole family was A Bad Mom's Christmas. I've never even heard of that. Released for the 2017 holiday season. Which actress led the all star?
0: Uh, I mean, if it's not Die Hard, I probably haven't watched it around Christmas. (laughs) Um, Trying to, I'm trying to watch. I think Mila Kunis was in the second one or the first one. Um, And I'm going to say Cameron Diaz. All right, is
4: Mm -hmm.
1: it Cameron Diaz? You were right. Your first inclination was was correct. All right, all right. Let's see what Gianni has. So, Gianni, next question. In how the Grinch Stole Christmas starring Jim Carrey. What's the name of the title
2: character's doll? I think I even I think know it's this I think it's Mac. I'm pretty sure. Matt. Are you going with yeah, Mac? Mac. Yep. I'm going with Mac. Okay.
1: So let's hold off on having the cursor move because it kind of looks like to the audience that you're giving away the uh, answer. Uh, is what? <laughs> i not y'all. What
4: did I tell y'all? What I, 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 I tell
1: y'all? You were about the same. cheating from the other side. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So so far Max oh, is directed. So far, Gianni's in the lead. Uh, uh Rob Rob's calling you out. Looks like he knows this one. Let's go to the next oh, one. Oh no, I'm ju-
3: I'm just saying how the Grinch met his Max. Did you not read Dr. Seuss books to your younger
2: siblings? No. Oh okay. very little. Very little, Dr. Seuss. All right.
1: We uh, we can give you is a Doctor Seuss refresher course. We can give you a Dr. Seuss one oh one course after the show. All right, so this is for Robbie Rock trying to tie himself up with Gianni, an eternal holiday favorite. It's a wonderful life takes place in which fictional town? Do not move that cursor.:
3: Please move the cursor. I've never seen this movie Rob, <laughs> um,
1: well, I haven't seen it either. I haven't seen it either. Yeah, never-
3: yeah, I just I just know the means. Um, you know what? Paradise Falls just seems to fit into that genre. Let's go, Paradise Falls.
1: All right. Ooh, Bedford Falls. Bedford Falls. Bedford Falls. So Gianni is up. So this is the last round. All right, like a last round. A teenager gets more than he bargained for from his Christmas present in the eighties cult hit. I love ridden. this movie. Which Disney film do the furry critters end up watching at a movie theater? Mm-hmm. I know uh, this cla-
4: one.
0: The, uh, the comedy <laughs> rule freeze demands that I say that if it's not Die Hard, I probably haven't watched it at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say. Lord. I'm going to say Snow White.
1: Oh, you right. correct, my brother. <laughs> you correct. So for the moment, you and Gianni are tied. Let's go to Rob B. Rob. Christmas was all around in the British ensemble comedy. Love actually, one of my favorites. But who played the UK Prime Minister think- who fell in love with a member of his staff, Martine McCutcheon? Who was it?
3: So I believe this question is originally for Johnny, but I'll take it and I'm gonna go with Liam Neeson.
1: Ooh. Well, out. <laughs> You're out.
3: He's, yeah. he's too young to be the prime minister. Too young.
1: Well, <laughs> I was going to say, and Chittowell is a black man, and there's no black prime ministers in <laughs> London, in England. So we ain't, that was never an option. Okay, Gianni. So, Gianni, this is for the win. This is for the win. Okay. You're tied with. Micah, right now, this is for the win, all right? It may not
2: be... Yeah. <laughs> I feel the pressure.
1: It may not be very traditional, but Die Hard has become an alternative Christmas movie for people looking to get away from the schmaltz. What does Detective John McClane, i.e. Bruce Willis, write on the sweater of a dead Benjamin to send a message to Hans Gruber, one of my favorite villains of all time, Alan Rickman?
2: I haven't watched this movie since I was like 10. Girl, Um,
4: come on. This is easy. That's that's age appropriate. What
2: what does Bruce Willis write on the sweater of the dead henchman to send a message? Welcome to the party, pal. Nope. No, I wanted to win finally. All right, it's
3: down to you and Micah.
2: So oh,
1: All right. Can there be another die-hard question, please? It's a tie. Oh. It's a tie. So in the oh, Santa
2: I thought Michael Clause,
1: won. Okay, good. No, no, you guys, you guys are now tied in the Santa Claus film. Tim Allen plays Scott, an overworked dad who accidentally inherits the job of Santa Claus. What was Scott's original job? And don't say a police officer like John McClane.
0: Uh, what would Tim Allen,
2: Tim Allen be? Overworked dad. Would be besides I mean, the Republican I mean, asshole, I mean,
1: besides I mean, the Republican
2: I mean, asshole, I mean, what would it be? asshole. my job. I'm
0: gonna say advertising executive. I Hey,
3: all right. Hey! Ooh! Ooh.
1: Hey. <laughs> Gianna, you let him come back. This is your last chance. All right. Rock the comedy the night before. The night before follows three lifelong friends: Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Anthony Mackie and Seth. Seth Rogen. I cannot stand Seth Rogen. On a boo christmas Eve bar crawl, which outrageous pop star do they run
2: into? And this is from The Night Before. Outrageous? It wouldn't be Nicki Minaj. She's not a pop star. Lady, ooh, do I remember Lady Gaga in that? Miley Cyrus. She seems like she would be in this Seth Rogen film. Miley.
4: We're <laughs> so. Good for you, Johnny.
2: So
1: if Neo were here, he would just choose Micah to win, but we're not going to do that. We're going to keep going. So, <laughs> The Muppet Christmas Carol became a beloved classic still shown every December in cinemas. Which character did non-Muppet star Sir Michael Caine play? And again, it wasn't John McClane. Michael Caine did not play John McCain. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: man. Uh. Uh,
0: I, I, I don't know. Uh, Scrooge, I'm guessing. Right, it's got to be Scrooge, right? I think so. I right? Yeah, Not Tiny Tim. Right? Okay. Tiny <laughs> <laughs> come on. Re-imagine
4: come on, Gianni. <laughs> come on,
1: Gianni. You still got something left in you. Come on, Gianni. Macaulay Culkin oh, was yeah, Christmas for the holidays so cool. in the blockbuster Home Alone, one of my favorite Christmas films, y'all. Which city did his family visit, leaving him behind to fend off burglars? This is kind I of a trick forget. question.
2: This no, is a trick question. I'll tell you why after the end. Because I always forget between London or Paris, it wasn't in the United States. Jack. I think it's London. London. London, London was the second one! that <laughs> 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 no, no, was a trick
4: question! Michael Just the 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 oh, boy!
0: Right. Checks in the I'm mail, man. So
1: yeah. Micah <laughs> win. Good round, you guys. Good round, you guys. Let's get into shout out very quickly. Who are you shouting out? Who are you shouting out? What you got? What you got?
2: <laughs> um, shout out to my best friend. She just moved into her new place. I hope she's settling in and I love you. Shout out to you, Lamb.
3: Nice. All right. I'm going to give a shout out to you, the audience, the people of the world. Um, stay on top of your me- mental health uh, over the next couple of weeks. The holidays can be a very stressful time. And if it is seeming to be a little bit much, just reach out to someone, talk to someone, take a time out, re reevaluate. And if things are going good, I don't know, reach out to someone. Everybody loves hearing from an old
0: friend.
1: All right. Very nice shout out. Uh, shout uh, out to you, out the out, entire,
0: entire. Shout out to all the uh, Free Fly Shenanigans crew uh, on screen and off. Thank you for having me again. I always have a very good time uh, with you folks. Uh,
1: and my final shout you. out goes to the Washington football team who showed exactly who they are today, gotten their asses whooped. Oh my by God. Dallas, by the horrible Dallas Cowboys, Fashioned. Cal Alabama. And so right before the show, when they were down 24-0, I changed my outfit because I'm like, I am not wearing these colors today, (laughs) y'all. So, yeah, Yeah. we back to who we we really are in D.C. We back to who we really are. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. So we want to give a quick shout out also to our Pet Shenanigans winner of the week. This week, the shout-out goes to Carole Gascold, again, this time with her kitty in a tree. The kitty is an ornament this week, and it's so cute. That kitty is so much more disciplined than Remy over here. Remy is knocking down trees over here. We still haven't put up the entire tree because he keeps knocking it down. <laughs> to see all of our pets or to post your favorite pet photo or video, make sure you join the TLS Pet Shenanigans Facebook group, mypet shenanigans.com. The photo with the most likes each week and comments gets a TLS shout out. All right. So. With that, we are officially done for the day, but don't forget to join our after show. I'd like to thank all of you for joining us, especially our guest, Cher Cherie. Hopefully you got some knowledge and some perspective about the horror genre, but also about Hollywood. Gianni, did you have something that you wanted to add? Was there another ad for
2: us? That was actually it. If you are interested in advertising for TLS, please be sure to hit up our business page, true slash shenanigans, Um, and let us know if you are interested in advertising or if you know somebody who is.
1: All right. So again, we have two more weeks until Christmas. We will be back next Sunday, December 19th with our TLS holiday special. Make sure you tune in to see our Xmas, our Christmas decor, to hear our favorite holiday stories and to see whose gift in our secret Santa exchange. Had the most exchange, most shenanigans. Also, don't forget you can listen to the audio versions of our podcast, which will be available tomorrow on Monday. But you can listen to them anytime, any place at tlspod.com or Apple Podcasts. All right, so our winner for today of the TLS Game Show, uh, once again with his movie knowledge. Is Micah. Micah, what you got to say? Our parting shot.
0: Um, Google Black on Black Cinema and click on any one of those links. It will take you to our show. Uh, tune in to the next episode where we will have a very special guest. Uh, Liz E. Uh, we Yay. will be uh, reviewing the film Passing, starring Ruth Neger and Tessa Thompson? Thompson? Oh, yeah. Tessa Thompson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Tessa Thompson. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. We had a we had a very good time uh, last time Liz was on the show, and uh, I'm looking forward to discussing this this wonderful film uh, with her.
2: I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward
1: to it. I think it's going to be a very spirited discussion. Even though I may to some be light skinned, I am not passing. But not, I, think I, the <laughs> I think the discussion will be hearty and meaty nonetheless. So make sure you tune in to the next episode of Black on Black Cinema, y'all. That's all for us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Robbie Rock and all of our people behind the scenes, always working hard and the things you bring to this awesome show each week. Until the next time, make sure you tune in to TLSfans.com, TLSpod.com, and just get ready for the next round of Truth, Lies, or Shenanigans.